0: Welcome to the Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cadel on sabbatical from St. Mark's Lutheran Church and Campus Ministry in Los Angeles, California, which is only a couple of hours away from Las Vegas, Nevada, where in just 24 hours you two will take the stage at sphere, not the sphere. It's just at
1: sphere. Wow. So exciting. It is exciting. Are they live streaming? Are you going to be able to watch it somewhere?
0: <laughs> I don't think so, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm a part of a couple of, uh, of Facebook groups that I had to answer three questions to get into. Uh, and uh, we'll see. We'll see who's posting have The good the good news, Zach, uh, I'm sorry to cut you out, but the good news from these Facebook groups is that they have already posted photos of the merch, uh, <laughs> which is great because it gives me time to think about what I
1: want make a plan, you know? It's good. Oh, it's smart. Uh, is Facebook where? So there was a day the fan club, the, the day the era of fan clubs. That was a thing in music, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you still are technically, I believe. I'm oh yeah, the YouTube mm-hmm. fan club. But it was, I think it was more the exclusive thing, in my mind at least, like eighties, nineties, pre-internet. It was a way to to get the fans together. I can't imagine it's as tight knit. Like you know. Uh, I had friends who were in the D&D, uh, group, mm-hmm. like high like, school and stuff, who like could get the early access to tickets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like that. You know, I'm a big fan of lots of bands that are still out there, and, and I'm not. I don't feel like I'm a part of the fan club. Yeah, you know, like it's not a thing that happens. Where did those communities sure. go? Is the YouTube community primarily Facebook groups now? And if so, what does that say about the YouTube fan demographic?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no bones about it. It's an older demographic. That's uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, that is the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fe- Facebook groups are, are where it's at. I, I have found the latest website. I think you two is probably the best website that aggregates mm-hmm. stuff it used to be interference, which had some good message boards. The message boards were a good place to hang out. But now I think, I think Facebook probably your best bet. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awfully exciting, Matt. I've been, uh, thinking of you and you too often recently as uh, as you spring <laughs> in, spring sting on my bean, uh Just still technically listed on podcast services as you talk on YouTube to me. It's uh, great. I haven't it.
0: listened to Born to Run yet. I listened to the first two episodes. Uh,
1: thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I'm only an hour into Born to Run. I haven't got to the music yet. Just, uh, Just the just the part where there's only talking about Bruce Springsteen and Bruce Springsteen music. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Matt, so yeah, I, I, th- yeah. I was going to switch gears. You were, you got, you have more. Go for it.
0: My Go only, uh, my only gear <laughs> on use for, it's free. bean. that my I just, I got a bone to pick, which is that they weren't very high on the track. Kitty's back from the wild, the innocent, these three shuffle. And, you know, I'm all for uh, critiquing uh, bands, all, all for them. But I got, I got, I got way in here. I think Kitty's back. I, they overlooked it. I, I really think it deserves mm. a second look. It is a fantastic live song uh, with a great group. and then it just kind of explodes near the end of the song. Like it's a, it's like a, it's like a, um, it's it's got a similar vibe to Rosalita, where it's like it feels like a party, but it's because it's less well known than Rosalita, you feel like you're kind of in on the. you're you're in on something that not everybody, not everybody knows. I think it's a great song. It's a great song. So listen to Kitty's back again. I think Adam
1: Scott and Scott Ackerman, the Scots are wrong about that one. That's my, that's my hot take.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a pretty hot take. Anytime Adam Scott (laughs) says he doesn't like a song. Uh, His Scott Ackerman typically quickly to say, I don't like this at all. Adam Scott's like, (laughs) I see what you're saying there, but it's, it's probably my favorite song of all time. Um, (laughs) That's we should we should do a Bruce pod cuz I didn't about cultural Bruce, right? Like I don't I'm intrigued with how I like completely missed Bruce Springsteen. Like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it a southern like a southern thing? Like I didn't know people who like were into Bruce. Like Yeah. At all really till Chicago, till like till you. Well, Tell me.
0: And I was not at all until a friend of mine uh, took me to a show on the ninety-nine reunion tour, and I was like, Holy shit. And uh, then when I deep dive, but it wasn't until that moment. It wasn't like I grew up, my parents listened mm-hmm. to it, I didn't know anybody listened to it. Uh, I was just a buddy of mine took me to a took me to a show and I was like, This is incredible.
1: So I mean, just based on sales alone, somebody was listening to Bruce over the <laughs> it, years. Sure. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah but when we were coming up i mean like we like talk about the 90s on this podcast the 90s not not springsteen's like it's not a bruce decade there are a couple of i mean streets of Philadelphia. i think it won the oscar that's a classic track but that's that's kind of what you got like his his best album like human touch lucky town not his best work ghost of chob joe is good but it's pretty under the radar it's not like you know rocking the charts so i could see why if we're coming up in the 90s
1: as we were. Versus, that's what I'm always like. I in our, the 90s. Our radar. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been coming up in the 90s. I'm glad you like that. I did. I like that a lot. I've also had the sad realization recently that um, I may have come up in the 90s, but I think my like really formative young adult years were the late aughts, right? <laughs> Which is a less like uh-huh. <laughs> romanticized time period. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. People aren't like <laughs> super nostalgic for the late aughts yet. You know, I'm waiting for that to come back. Yeah. Come back around.
0: Yeah. Did you see, is it uh, the Postal Service and uh, is it Death Cab doing? No, not Death Cab. Uh, somebody is doing like a 20th yeah. anniversary. Yeah, it is Death Cab doing a 20th <laughs> anniversary of. uh
1: <laughs> really makes you feel old. Um, speaking of rock criticism. Music criticism, Matt. Yeah. I went to a show last night. Oh. And uh, I felt a little, uh, as somewhat of a semi professional music critic, had criticisms, Matt. You're not going to believe it. Uh, I saw Maggie Rogers live at Rabbit Rabbit, which is a fun little venue, Matt. We got to get you back out here. We got to go to Rabbit Rabbit. Outdoor venue, downtown, small but big. Small but big. Small but big, right? It's a small venue, but like, the goo, goo, the the dolls of goo were there a week ago. Oh, uh, alright. Uh, Maggie Rogers was there last night. Gregory Allen Isakov's coming up. Like good, like I mean, pretty good shows. And uh, saw Maggie Rogers there. Second time I saw Maggie Rogers in concert. Uh, if you don't know who Maggie Rogers is, just go Google Pharrell. <laughs> right, Maggie yeah. Rogers, and watch the YouTube video where Pharrell uh, yeah. discovers her live on a reality show. It Who knows? Uh, but Maggie's got great songs. Enjoy Maggie. I uh, saw Maggie opened for Brandy Carlisle at the Red Rocks Amphitheater a while back. Like pretty soon after uh, Maggie really kind of like came up, if you will. Uh, and at the time, I remember thinking, "Ugh, that wasn't." I was really excited that it was Maggie Rogers, and then I was like, "Oh, that was, that was a little disappointing." Um, <laughs> And I chalked it up to, I think I've said it before. I think Red Rock's hard venue, harder venue than Mm. you think. Especially, (laughs) I think it's a bad place to be the opener. Like it's not Uh, good. Oh, yeah. Because the crowds, I think are later arriving because people are hiking up to the the amphitheater because you park. Sure. It's not like a big parking lot outside of the amphitheater, right? They're like spread around this park and you really have to hike and walk up a bunch of stairs. Like it's a whole. Wow. It's, you put a lot of effort, <laughs> especially yeah. if you have cheap seats, because uh, it means you got to go all the way to the top uh, in the sure. back. and they don't like you don't want to go in the back door, you, the front door, because you need to go up all the stairs. So you go around. It's a whole other trail goes up You're out of breath. You've been trying to pregame a little bit in the parking lot. Somebody has tried to sell you homemade brownies uh, in the parking lot. Uh, all it's kinds Colorado. of things in, where it is fully legal. Uh, I don't think it's legal actually to sell homemade uh, pop brownies in the parking lot at Red Rocks. But that's a thing that happens more than once. Um, but it's – it's so crowds late arriving. Uh, Red Rocks, pretty big, sizable outdoor amphitheater, big space to fill. Crowds not necessarily there or with you. You got to – it's hard. I think it's a hard spot. I've never seen – like I told John Prime. John Prime was not great at, at Red Rocks. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I'd love to see John Prime. Sure. Uh, again, last night, Maggie, I was left with a question. What, what is Maggie Rogers? Right? So so here's what I've got, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Maggie does, has, there are three things going on with Maggie, right? I think she can be a really good songwriter. Uh, I think that's a part of who she is. Then she's got this like Sylvan Esso vibe as well right where it's like beats and like vibe and stuff. Mm. It's really fun and cool. Uh, and then she has pipes she can really sing, right? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure those three go together very well in a in a somewhat large in an outdoor venue basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like and in and my and upon reflection at the end of the show she's where you were?
0: Me. Were you at an outdoor venue?
1: Yeah, we were at Rabbit Rabbit, mm-hmm. which is a, a small big big small right Alpor venue and uh yeah i mean it was fun right uh i found myself being the person who's like gosh i hope she doesn't play any new songs um uh but then like so she strums her way through a couple songs but then she's not most of the time she's not like playing an instrument which is fine you know like and there's groove and beats and like sylvanes so- so those sorts of stuff going on dancing uh But then like I I noticed at the end there, there were no real like breaks during the, during the show. Right. And so she's left with like vocal runs as like the guitar break. Like there was a backing band, right? The guitar, there was no guitar solo or key. Nobody soloed (laughs) all night (laughs) except for her like vocal runs. And that's just not Mm -hmm. my, only my personal bias. I'm not really, it's impressive. I salute you. Not my jam to like watch American Idol stuff where folks are just doing the vocal acrobatics. That's really impressive. To me, it's a little like, you know, mad TV. Look, look what I can do. Uh, That's great. Uh, But, but she's stuck having, I think with her like skill set, having to do that to fill like the live space. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like closed space, get me more in the club kind of vibe and -hmm. the beats, the funk, the vocal stuff. I think it's all going to work a lot better. Hmm. instead i felt a little empty again yeah my graduate show uh it's yeah. so my pure music criticism hat had a fun time it's a fun show no regrets and yet yeah I want something more
0: sure yeah so if you were uh if you were scheduling her at coachella you would put her in one of those tents because you feel like that would be the vibe you'd be like inside got beats going you can dance in here yeah, you're not going to lose yourself outside in the. She
1: did play 2022 on the main stage, but uh, well, that's the be problem is that. like the yeah. size,
0: the size of your, you know, the size of her name is probably going to be bigger than than a tent's going to hold. But you feel like that's probably the better.
1: Yeah, I think that's a yeah. problem for some groups, right? Like, yeah, yeah, the size of your, you can draw it as <laughs> a, the venue matters. Yeah, yeah, which I think yeah. has some corollaries for preaching.
0: Venue matters. Yeah, I felt I weirdly I felt that way about REM. And uh did you know no. I saw, <laughs> no. don't worry. I don't remember why I. I feel like I went with John Bergstrom, and there's some reason why you couldn't go. I can't remember what was going on, but I, I do think I rubbed it in your face. But the pro- <laughs> but they weren't. Uh, I remember thinking I wish this was a smaller venue because it felt Mm -hmm. it was like, this would have been, I feel like this would be better in a smaller smaller room and I'm sure that they're like, they're big enough. They can fill arenas. So maybe I was just in the nosebleeds and it didn't, it didn't, it didn't quite work, but um, yeah, it's the venue matters, you know, it's not
1: Mm -hmm.
0: bigger isn't necessarily better.
1: It's true. It's true. Um, You know, I remember when, as a preacher, you know, my name just got so much bigger than the rooms I was playing. <laughs> yeah. Like Cedar Grove <laughs> Lutheran Church in Vail, North Carolina. It's just, I got to play the big spots, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah. Our listeners will note, Matt, that our episode's a little late this week. Uh, and there's a good reason why the episode's late this week, Matt. Oh, that's the, what's the good reason. I earlier this week, you may have seen it on on Instagram. I was stabbed in the chest with a lightsaber all the way through. What? Uh, yeah, lightsaber went directly through my sternum out the other side. Uh, but don't worry, I'm fine. I got in this like bathtub and uh, lived, survived. I'm actually ready to go fight some more people.
0: Yeah, you just need a back to tank. It is amazing.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I had to, mm-hmm. we were delayed by back to tank treatment, but. Hundred and twenty five percent now, I think actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is uh it is wild. What a back to
0: tank uh can do these days. I mean you know like this isn't even this isn't even the worst of it. You, I mean you've seen the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. You know Darth Maul gets chopped in half. Oh no, that's true. Oh, spoiler for you, right? Whoa, whoa. Uh, Spo- he's not he's he's not dead. Spoiler alert. He comes back <laughs> From that, you think he's dead? Comes back, uh, comes back. Perhaps the worst example uh, is everyone's favorite in Rise of Skywalker. Somehow, the Emperor has returned. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, just hey, getting stabbed by a single
1: lightsaber—it's yeah, that's a flesh wound. <laughs> Impaled, I think is the, the, the term. <laughs> Impaled, <laughs> and yet that it was not what I found to be the most unbelievable part of Ahsoka thus far, right? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I have more notes. Okay. Yep. Here's okay. The, the least believable part of Ahsoka for me so far are space whales. Space whales. <laughs> How? As a as a as an ardent believer, adherent to the philosophies of of uh of uh what's his name? John Darwin. Thomas what was Darwin's first name? Um, I just don't know how the development of a hypersonic anus, um how evolution <laughs> could do that. yeah. <laughs> aren't there uh I think you would be into this, because aren't so there space whales? Where are the calories coming from?
0: <laughs> aren't there space whales in uh Doctor Who?
1: Not that I know of. Is- is this a common thing? Oh my gosh! They're space whales with hypersonic warp <laughs> hyperdrive tushies. Doctor Who Star Whale. Mm. Star
0: whales. Uh, this is. <laughs> I don't know what this is from. The Beast Below, uh, which is during the Matt Smith era, Eleventh mm. Doctor. Uh, I, I feel was like in and the out. Movie, you were film. in and out. Oh man! Are you are you going to get back in with
1: the new? Uh... <sighs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch them all. Uh, I mean, I've watched all of them, all of the, you know, since Christopher Eccleston. But just the ability to follow the plot of what's going on <laughs> has been so hard for so long. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> like just. Because they like prep you for everything to have significance, you know? Uh, and then like, clearly some things have significant. but then like, well, I don't know what, who's this? Who's the silence? I still don't know who the silence is. But what happened to them? <laughs> they introduced them like they're like the new Cybermen. Who I guess just classic <laughs> baddie and always going to come back. There's no way you're going to like, along with the Daleks, right? Always bad. But they're like here's mm-hmm. si- here's silence, and they were very spooky. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "All right, never mind." Quit. There was a crack in time that never got resolved. I didn't feel like, or didn't to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's always rumors. Maybe I haven't haven't done the research. It's not coming out anytime soon, right? Of uh, Russell T Davies, is what the the real Hoovians uh, are uh, mm-hmm. always cry for his return to story writing. Interesting. Who I believe is pretty uh, involved in the, uh, I think he was involved in the Neil Gaet, the good omen stuff. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: uh, space wheels, pretty unbelievable. The best part to tie it back Matt,
1: of Ahsoka is the surprise David Tennant, uh, droid voice.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. He's so good. He is, Can we just so get him back as a doctor? He's coming back as the doctor. Yeah, like yeah, a whole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yes, the droid, the droid, uh, pretty great, pretty great stuff. I'm just, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Andor, which is every, uh, you know, the the super critical people seem to really mm-hmm. love Andor. I enjoyed it. I, I very much yeah. enjoyed it. It was excellent. But you know what I missed? Lightsabers. So. <laughs> This is, I'm here for it. We're getting all this Jedi yes. stuff. This is wild. It's great. This is, this is the Star Wars I'm here for. So, uh, yep. It's, it's pretty <laughs> out, out there, but, uh, I'm here for literally. It. I'm here for it. Let's, let's go. Let's literally go. out there. Yeah. Uh, I am not, I'm not yet caught up. Speaking of oh, television shows, we're catching up on. Uh, I have not yet finished. Righteous Demstones, but I did get through the Churchill Simpson, All the Gold in California, which I did not know was a real
1: song. It's a real song. So, real, good. <laughs> real good. Real good. Real <laughs> good.
0: Real good. And and also, uh, the other musical note that is real good is uh, like, the Redeemer had showed up in the show before, but it seemed like the last two episodes I watched, there was like, every time it showed up, there'd be like a song, like, the Redeemer! Like, with this like metal. And then... Kickerball kickers. When the Redeemer was at uh was out at the ranch, uh it was like a different genre of music. Like it was like it was great. But it was still a Redeemer, like it still had its own theme song. <laughs>
1: Pretty incredible. It's so cool. <laughs> <sighs> I gotta get me one. I gotta get me one.
0: <laughs> oh. Good stuff. Mm. Well, what are we talking about today?
1: Uh, I think we might talk about the Bible. And if you're lucky, we'll make you a little playlist. Sunday, October
0: 1st. Headed to church with your pumpkin spice latte. Mm. Mr. Man, And you're uh, getting ready to preach on Ezekiel. Old Testament reading from Ezekiel. 18. 1 to 4. 25 to 32. You get to take a break in the middle. That's nice. Interesting. One to four, comma, 25 to 32. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well as the life of the child is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? It sounds like a conversation I have with my child all the time. (laughs) When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Just like in that Jonah story. But they, because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions they had committed, they shall surely live. They shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all of your transgressions. Otherwise, iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves, get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God, turn then and live. Word of
1: God, word of life. Thanks be to God, Matt. (sighs) Whew. Easy, easy listen, Old Testament reading this week. I will
0: be, uh, I'll be interested to see how this ties in the gospel since these are complimentary readings. Uh, I do hear the, you know, if we're following a theme along, I think we got Jonah not, not too long ago, this choice between, uh, doing what is wicked and doing what is right. And you could turn and have life. Um, so we've got some, some choices set before us and, uh, yeah, always got to love when the Lord questions the people. Am i always unfair. Is it not what your ways you? that are unfair?
1: Little rubber and glue <laughs> situation here, man. Yeah, right. Uh gosh. A question whether this is a proverb. The parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Is it a pro- I mean, I've not heard that before as a proverb. Do you do you hear that one a lot? I mean, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think later on you figure out what it's getting at, right? I think the idea is that the actions of the parents affect the children, Um, right? And so, like, there are these allusions to some, like, pretty common – or not common, but familiar biblical themes of, like, uh, the kind of ancient Near Eastern idea that – that oh gosh like curses and stuff uh, punishment would fall through like generations mm. right so like uh the man born blind right was it the sins of the parents or the sins of the man while the man was born blind mm-hmm. uh that reveals this like reality that isn't super applicable to us these days because we don't we don't think about things often that way um mm-hmm. did this bad thing happen because of my forebears uh and so maybe that's what we're getting at here that the parents have eaten sour grapes and it's called the children um to set their teeth on edge um and i think there are probably like two sides to that proverb and jesus's kind of reason for bringing it up because <laughs> it doesn't feel like super connected to like Mm. the punchlines here seem to be like your house is unfair uh you actually you complain about me but it's actually you guys and that doesn't seem super connected to this proverb about parents and children Mm -hmm. um but it um on one hand one way to address it i think is to say that it's, it's it's making the case that you know blaming um having bad things happen to people because of the actions of their parents or perceived actions of their parents or people outside of their control mm-hmm. is unfair is one of the things I think it's saying. Uh, but I also think if it is a proverb, uh, it probably, uh, emphasizes the, the inverse, the converse, I wasn't a logic major. um, that, that the parents can do the children, uh, and what you do as parents matters. Uh, And I think both those angles fit into this reading. What you do as parents matters? Bad news, Matt. (gasps) Which is funny because most of the time it feels like it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to lose. But it matters how you lose, Matt. That's that's what life's all about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not about winning and losing, but how you lose. They, that how proverb how was wrong, lose. right? It's not about how you whether you win or lose it's about how you play the game. No, it's not that's not it. No. It's not about whether no. you win or lose. It's about how you lose. That'd be a much more helpful teaching. Right? It would be a helpful teaching. Yeah, we would just distinguish all like we're not gonna pretend like you're gonna win this thing. You're not, okay? You're gonna lose. Uh, and let's really focus on how we do that. Imagine if we could all be better losers.
0: Yeah, we had a game night uh, last week, and learning how to lose—it's a skill.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a skill.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a skill. Well, let's uh, let's see what Jesus has to teach us here in Matthew.
1: Oh yeah, I think I just alluded to the the idea that Jesus was interpreting his teaching in Ezekiel. <laughs> I do want to let our listeners know? Uh, I don't think Jesus is in Ezekiel. Uh, I think I may <laughs> simply misspoke Jesus is on his same uh, 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 pro-labor stump again. When Jesus entered the temple, where Matthew, Jesus uh, entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority? I need to see your license, sir. Uh, are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus, who was clearly not German, because if he was German, he would pull out his license and show it to you because you have to have the proper paperwork to do anything in Germany. Uh, we can make a bunch of country jokes here. Sure. Uh, Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question in the rabbinical tradition. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you the, uh, by what authority I do these things. And here's this qu- They didn't stop me. Did the baptism of Jesus come from heaven Or was it of human origin? And they turned, they argued with one another, the chief priests and the elders. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. And so they answered him, oh, we don't know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you, but what authority? I'm doing these things. This is like Jesus... Jesus shouldn't be doing this teaching in the temple. It should be at the edge of like a bridge over a ravine. <laughs> Where he's like a troll, like, answer me these questions three. he <laughs> yeah. gets very tricky all of a sudden, you know, which feels a little out of character, but, but I'm into it. Uh, but he kept going. What do you think? The man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and he went to work. His father went to the second son and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said, the first. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. the good news, according to Jesus, uh, with his bag of riddles. Praise to you,
0: Christ! It is a bag of riddles. That's what it feels like. Do we have good news this <laughs> bag riddles? <laughs> Usually,
1: uh, we find some. I have hope, but uh oh yeah, I got good news for that. Yeah, don't what do you know got? About anything super insightful? But I have, I have good news, and it's the Jesus that Jesus is about that action. Mm-hmm. Um, He's gonna let His hands talk. Uh, though he's playing word games and stuff and rhetorical tricks, which is kind of ironic uh, right I think you kind of suss through the parable here because we got a parable in proverbs that mud- muddy things up um, because they affirm the chief priests and the elders affirm uh, that the the first one did the will of the father right the, the one who said no and then went to the vineyard and then Jesus like castigates them so you can hear it <laughs> as in like wrong. Uh, but Jesus, I think, is saying that's the right answer. Do you not see how you are like the second son, uh, that huh. you say the right answers, but you do not do the right answers? Um, I think that's the condemnation they're making there. And so, I think that good news is right. Like it's a a, a, a Luther, a James sort of deal here, right? That like I also like how the believe as somebody with a, a, a a strained relationship with the idea of believing and believe. uh, I like how emphasized it is here that believing is, is, is really hit a bunch of times in this gospel and it is so clearly um, inseparable from the action. Right. So that belief is not a interior thing uh, primarily or exclusively. Right. But it belief is only belief when it is connected uh, to the actions, to the deeds, to the doing. Jesus cares much more that the will of God is done in the world than that the, the words are said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Proof of, proof of concept. Your proof of belief. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like also this is one of those texts I and mean, this is always true, but it feels especially true here where what do we say at the beginning context matters where you appreciate matters Mm. we're talking about the size of the venue Mm -hmm. um but your community matters here too and what uh where you situate yourself and where you situate your community within this text so jesus is going back and forth with uh the chief priests and elders of the people so who who are they like are you Where, where are you in this text? Are you the people being like in the congregation being taught by Jesus? And these people have somehow come and like interrupted this thing. Like, um, do we need to preach against the powerful in this situation? Because when you say Jesus is paying attention, um, Jesus can see what's happening. Like, um, I don't know if you want to, uh, call your congregation, the tax collectors and the prostitutes. I don't know if that's who your congregation is. Uh, but maybe your congregation are underdogs and you want to preach in such a way to say, Hey, Jesus sees you and uh, you might think you're doing the wrong thing, but actually Jesus knows uh, what you're up to. On the other hand, uh, maybe you're in a powerful context and you got to figure out, maybe you're not going to throw a bag of riddles at them, <laughs> but um, you might think about how does the good news hit the chief preaching of the people? Is this like the, is this the opportunity to change? Just like um, those Ninevites had and just like Ezekiel seems to present, like there's always this opportunity um, and what might that look like in your context? Obviously you might say that a little bit, uh, nicer.
1: Dear, <laughs> dear, dear Jesus.
0: But again, like, I just think, I think the power dynamics are all over this text too, right? From chief priests, elders, whoever the crowd is, that's listening, whoever Jesus is teaching. Um, and then the people that Jesus alludes to, um, these tax collectors and, pro- and and prostitutes, as well as like the two sons who are the two sons who metaphorically are we thinking about? Um, so just again, uh, where is your congregation in this, and how do you preach to them? If that makes sense.
1: I think mostly, Matt. This is an opportunity to just dunk on the evangelicals in your sermon. Again, uh, don't preach to your thank, Facebook feed. Thank you, Lord. I, uh, we are not like them who do not who say they believe but do not uh, do the works. Uh, and to pat ourselves on the back, Matt. I think that's primarily what <laughs> what this is uh, an opportunity. To do the other thing I'd, I'd lift up about the text that I like a lot is that Jesus gets super political here. Mm-hmm. Um, and political, I think I mean in a, in a fairly like academic ish kind of sense, where Jesus threads this line. Lo- like, on one hand, I hear I see the cartoonish version of, of Jesus standing at the bridge or uh letting you over the bridge, uh, if you answer the riddle correctly, um, but also you being aware of the political context and maneuvering mm. through the realities of the political context in order to get a desired result. Mm. Um, right. And like the text is really explicit about it that like, well, I mean, they think what they think and they would have like, if they're in a closed session here, an executive session of uh chief priests and, and the elders and Jesus, they might tell them what they think. Right. But mm. there's political pressures and they can't say mm-hmm. that John the Baptist, uh, didn't come from God because yeah. of those dynamics. Mm-hmm. And Jesus doesn't just come in and say in a really like authoritarian way or like a an uncompromising way that this is the way it is. He maneuvers through a political context mm-hmm. uh, and gets, makes things happen. Right. So the, the, the wise and serpent sort of side of things that I, and the kind of person who likes that a lot, that yeah. you don't have to have like that sort of like, in the next breath after saying we should dunk on evangelicals this Sunday, um, uh, the kingdom will not be achieved through that sort of like, uh, through, through kind of purity test sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. But engaging in the places in the world, and the systems we, in which we find ourselves that
0: yeah, will
1: require compromise and small steps and hard work.
0: Yeah. 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 That engagement of Jesus seems really important here. That's really that's really good. Maybe another, um, the other idea I'll throw out there, another way of doing, is, I guess what I was saying earlier, but a different way of looking at it, if you don't want to group people into chief priests or tax collectors, is to think about authority, right? And who has authority? Who do we think about having authority? And um, and where does authority where does authority lie that we don't always see it, right? So, like, we might think the rich and powerful have authority, um, but actually, you have authority. Um, actually, God has given you power, um, and and we could even carry that into the second half, where like, no, we have we have we have the authority to um, to believe and by believe uh, means following a particular way. We have we have the choices to make. We have uh, our lives to live. Um, we have the power to organize and win uh, a good deal in the writer strike. I can give you updates on the writer strike here locally. That's that's my local context. I um, do want to
1: shout you out here, Matt. If we can take a <laughs> home for organized labor, how how you have supported the writers' union, Matt? You said as soon as they thought about going on strike, you said pencils down. I'm not writing another sermon. <laughs> that's right. I've also been on strike since uh, the spring. So I'm assuming you're back <laughs> up this week. Is that?
0: It's going to take some well, time to work out the details. Are you uh, maybe no matter. Or are you going in Maybe solidarity perfect. with the actors? Is with the, the, actors? Yeah, the actors, yeah, um, yeah the, the actors. That makes sense. The automotive workers. Because I'm also Puts a performer, down. you know. Both. I'm, That's true. Yeah, I, I write and perform each week. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I got lost in the shuffle there. But the point was, uh, you could run with authority and on that a little bit. Think about authority and how it plays out. The,
1: the, the leaders here, the powerful, are actually kind of exposed as well. Hmm. I think it's an interesting piece of this, right? They're not as powerful as we assume they are to be in that Mm -hmm. because they can't say what they want right like they're beholden to the crowds all of a sudden right the people that we suppose they're much more powerful than uh in this instance right like you know power is really interesting thing maybe this kind of organizing thing right but it's only real power is only real in this in in as much as you can like exercise it um Mm -hmm. and they can't exercise the power that they they seem to think that that everybody thinks they have in this story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. See, we got there. Boom. We waited our way through the word soup. Well, let's see what we're listening to this week. Uh, I can't, I can't see the word authority uh, in the text. i thinking of authority song by John Mellencamp. I fight authority, but authority always wins. Uh Oh, what Oof. a classic! What are they going to do, the John Mellencamp podcast? Uh, just go and buy album. I don't know what it'll be called, but I can't wait to find out.
1: <laughs> Mellencamp, you talking John
0: Mellencamp? I, I, I can't wait to find out. Uh, Authority song, John Mellencamp. Uh, what is that from? I can't. I. It's from. Uh, it's before. It's before Scarecrow. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um. There's a piece in here about change your minds. Even if you saw you do not change your minds and believe him. So how about change your mind from the killers? Who are also a Las Vegas band? I don't know. Maybe they'll open. I don't know. Could happen. Who knows? Maybe they'll play Sphere next. Uh still thinking about it's Sphere. Hard place to uh, open, we, we need a we need a song by you too. We need a song from Octung Baby. Uh let's go with uh Ezekiel. Uh, people telling God, you're you're so cruel. God, you're so cruel. you so unfair. So cruel. So cruel by you 2 from 1981's classic, their best album, Octone Baby.
1: You know what I absolutely loved about the Maggie Rogers show last night, man? She went real- on. <laughs> yeah. Show at 7 is what it said, right? Opener at 7. She uh-huh. was on at 8. I walked in my door at ten o'clock <laughs> on wow. a Tuesday night. I thought I was going to be hurting all day today because I was like, I,
0: you know, shows go late, uh, so Frank Ocean could take some notes from uh,
1: Frank <laughs> Ocean. If there's a curfew, she was on it. So much so that wow. I was kind of like, these tickets were kind of expensive for a little over an hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matt. You know who doesn't have a problem finding the right size venue to play? It's the Magnetic field. who I saw in Ooh. an old church uh, in Denver this winter on Valentine's. Wow. Because uh, they play – that's the kind of spaces they play. I, I must have seen them one of the biggest venues they've played in a while when I saw them in Chicago with the the, uh, the theater underneath the Millennium Amphitheater. yeah oh. um, but they have the perfect song for this week. I didn't catch it my first time when I was preparing for the podcast, as I diligently do, uh, that in that Ezekiel text has this, uh, you need to get a new heart uh, and a new spirit. Wow, that's hard, right? Uh, but good lines and the Magnetic Fields had the perfect song for this. Off of 69 love songs, which is an incredible album of six, literally 69 pop love songs that Steve Merritt wrote. Uh, and there's some really beautiful ones. And this is one of them. Uh, I think I need a new heart. Uh, It's incredibly catchy, uh, but also melancholy, right? I think I need a new heart. Oh, just for you. I think I need a new heart. Talks about Sid and stuff. It's really good. Uh, It's a good one. You're going to like it. Then, Matt, uh, Jesus is getting down to work, and uh, it's a little dirty, this work, Matt. And uh, I'm a fool to do your dirty work. It's a thing that... Daniel Steely The Steely old Daniel said to me one time And his band Steely Dan's Dirty Work It's a really good song uh, Number one <laughs> I think it could work this week And of course we're getting into the labor And so uh, you gotta get You gotta get into it Matt You gotta put your thing down flip it And reverse it We're gonna go with Missy Misdemeanor Elliot Working it this week
0: Nice Nice Nice. Good stuff. Good playlist. I like these songs.
1: <laughs> Remember, <laughs> we've changed up the playlist. You can find it on Spotify just by going to the same old link every week just to hear this week's songs and not all of the Time After Pentecost songs altogether. Fantastic.
0: It's been real. Real vinyl.
1: Ooh, not sure